Hello and welcome to the Relationship Breakthrough Show from Aligned With Love. I'm Matt. And I am Rebecca. This is the place for people to have a magical, loving, intimate relationship. Thanks for joining us now. Let's get started. Negative consequences of being the nice guy don't only impact on relationships, they impact on other areas as well. So if we're not showing up quite in the right way, it definitely affects us at work, in interacting with our children, in dealing with other challenges you know when we're too we're too passive which is what we're going to be looking at is that it then causes us that rather than actually dealing with issues whatever those issues may be maybe it's that i'm overweight and i need to get fit yeah maybe it's that i don't like my job and i need to deal with it or maybe it's that there's some other challenges going on in my world that i'm just not facing and dealing with so we're going to be looking at particularly the impact on relationships, but just to say from the start that the nice guy doesn't only sabotage relationships. We also sabotage other things as well. Um, so what does that mean? When What does it look like or what could it look like when things are not working? Let's say when our relationship is failing and we're having this nice guy phenomenon, which we're going to be exploring, what actually happens? Well, one of the things that happens is that we get lots of conflict. We get lots of conflicts. Have you ever had a situation where you've had a situation where you've, you've known there's something that you need to deal with? And that rather than dealing with it, we've swept it under the carpet. Yeah, we've thought, well, this is a bit too difficult. I think it's going to be easier to not have this conversation. Let's just let's just kick it into the long grass and hope for the best. But have you ever had a situation where you try to put off the problem you try to um you try to delay the problem or, or deflect from facing the issue but then it's actually come back worse than it was at the beginning yeah so this is really what we're talking about by you know sabotaging this is the, really the definition of self-sabotage that you know we try to deal with a situation but we deal with it in a way that actually makes it worse yeah so this is why you know relationships tend to struggle particularly around communication yeah. And also, you know, for the ladies, uh, you, this will be somewhat familiar is that, you know, if we're perceived as being too passive, then it has an impact on our partner as well. Yeah. Our partner will compensate really for something that they, that we're lacking. So it's like we're lacking something from their perspective, her perspective, let's say, um, so that there then needs to be some compensation that happens. That compensation itself, can cause issues, yeah? not only for yourself, but for your partner as well. This is all, these are all things we're going to be exploring as we go through the, uh, the, the, the points here. So yeah, we're looking at relationships, but not only relationships here. A quick word about what we do and why this is relevant or why we get into this topic so much in the work that we do. So along with the incredible Rebecca, as you can see on there, we support couples around relationships, helping people to get clarity and to really turn around the relationship situations. And that typically requires some work on the side of the, the guy and some work on the part of the woman. So there's a dynamic that, that, that's, that's going on. Now, I'm going to be focusing today more on the issues for men, but we are going to touch on some of the, the knock-on issues for women. Yeah, but it's worth just remembering that there, there is a, a dynamic here at play and uh, Rebecca would do a much better job than I would at describing how that affects women and the challenges that women have from that. 
So yeah, we work with lots of couples particularly, but individuals too, where we're struggling with relationships. We're looking for a breakthrough. Maybe we've been struggling for a while and things not working. And then we, we work to really get to the bottom of things. Yeah. And that's why this topic around the nice guy is so powerful because it's the underlying reason that can lead to lots of the symptoms that people have. Yeah, so what do I mean by symptoms? Symptom could be resentment, an argument, uh, a conflict, um, a, uh, yeah, a, a feeling of going round in circles, yeah, not really resolving the, the problem. These are symptoms. And what we're talking about today is so powerful because it's one of the underlying causes or dynamics that leads to those issues. So, you know, we have a lot of conflict. Let's say we're having lots of conflicts in our relationship and we think, I've got a conflict problem. But really the conflict is a symptom of something else not working. So you can't really solve it at that level. Yeah, sometimes people think, well, why don't we just learn some clever communication trick? And they try it and it maybe works for a bit, but then it doesn't work in the long term because you've still got the underlying problem. Yeah, it's a bit like if you if you're driving your car and you have a warning light on the dashboard, you know, you can't solve the problem by fiddling with the light. Yeah, the light is like the conflict, for example. You've got to get under the bonnet. And what we're talking about here is one of the reasons why things are not working. So you've come to the right place. If you're looking to get that sort of clarity or insights or thinking about what maybe those, what those underlying challenges may be in your relationship or lack of relationship, um, You've come to the right place. So many of our clients are in longer term relationships, but there are also people that aren't yet in a relationship. Yeah, so they look, they want to get into a relationship. We're going to be covering, you know, elements that will support you, whichever situation uh, is your own. Uh, yeah, so my own journey, I just want to share briefly why this is so personal for me. Because for many, many years, I suffered from this phenomenon that we're going to be describing, the nice guy phenomenon. And the way that showed up in my relationship was in a very challenging, difficult relationship that I, I was in for many, many years, not really understanding what was happening. Why is it so difficult? Why are we having so much conflict? I, I seem to be doing all the right things, so why is it not working? Yeah, and re a real sense of frustration of just not knowing where to turn, not knowing what to do next. Because, yeah, I, I was doing all the things that I'd understood from society and from the world around me and from the people around me that were the right things to do in the relationship. So why was it not working? Why was I in such hell? Yeah, and what happened, uh, the interesting the, the, the way I eventually reevaluated that, one of the things that happened is that I, I saw one of my children, one of my sons being bullied. He was being bullied in his basketball training by one of the other children. And I was watching from the sideline and just observing this dynamic. And at the end, I took him to one side and said, what was going on there? Why did you allow that to happen? Why, why didn't you stand up for yourself? Why were you just, you know, rolling over and allowing this boy to, you know, intimidate you and threaten you. And he sort of, he wasn't too sure. And he sort of said, well, it's no big deal. And, you know, it just happens. And it really shocked me. But the, the realization I had was, well, am I actually leading by example here? 
because you know children don't necessarily listen I would suggest so much to what we say but what they do do is to mirror what we do and in this case unfortunately the example that he'd had or that he'd seen over years and years was of me being bullied by his mum and so that passivity of just ignoring the problem it'll go away on its own don't worry okay yeah this behavior isn't right okay but let's not make a big deal of it let's not make a scene but hang on sometimes maybe we do need to make a scene we need to you know defend ourselves as a minimum yeah so this was a real wake-up call because I, I recognized that I'd stayed in that relationship with a number of narratives about why that was the right thing to do and one of them was well at least I'm here for the kids at least I can support them because if I'm not then I'm not going to see much of them you know and I won't be able to support them in in the right way so you know one of my reasons for being there was to support the kids so can you imagine how it felt having seen so vividly the impact of my not showing up in the right way was actually having on my son and so he'd seen me being too passive getting beaten up and bullied by his mum and then he himself then isn't assertive enough yeah so can you see that was a real wake up and then my extracting myself from that relationship unfortunately my partner my ex-wife didn't want to come on this journey with me she preferred to blame really um, so she wasn't interested in coming on the journey which is, is up to her yeah um, but then my moving on from that situation brought about a number of different insights about what I'd been doing wrong for so many years that kept me stuck going round in circles and you know this is one of the key areas that we work with people people in you know one of the most common challenges in the guys that we work with is that we have this nice guy thing going on so just a bit about me and why this is so personal for me as well so let's get into into businesses so who is the nice guy so what does it mean and people sometimes say well hang on there's nothing wrong with being nice being nice is a great quality right you know we, we need to be nice we need to keep people happy you know don't disturb don't rock the boat happy wife happy life we say yeah, so you know there's nothing wrong specifically in being nice to people you know we should I would suggest you know consider other people's feelings for example that would be a great a great starting point don't you think for a relationship but the problem with when we're being the nice guy as I mentioned earlier is that there is some self-sabotage going on at the same time so what do I mean by self-sabotage let's give an example this is a an example from a client where he shared a story with me where his wife wanted to buy a new piece of furniture for their house and she was so excited this is amazing we're gonna have this new table it's gonna be incredible it's so stylish and she was really really excited about this new table that she wants to get for the for the lounge and he looked at it and he said well I like it but I don't think it's a great idea right now because it's got this hanging bit and maybe it's gonna fall on our son they had a toddler a young a young boy and he said I just don't think it's a great idea because this thing is like is like precarious and I think it could be dangerous. So I don't think it's a great idea. And his wife was excited, but I want it, I want it, I need it, it's amazing. Let's just get it, it's just gonna look incredible. And she was like really, you know, excited about the table. 
so what does he do? He says, well, okay, you really want it? Let's do it. Yeah. And you might be saying, well, that's nice, you know, he was considerate. You know, he, he wasn't too inflexible at that point. Yeah. Let me ask a question. In fact, if anyone can answer in the chat, I'd love to hear. Um, what do you think happened next to that table? Answers in the chat if you can uh, respond. What, so they got the table. What happened next in the story, do you think? Any thoughts? So they get this table. The guy's been looking at it saying, well, I don't think it's a great idea because of this or that, uh, because of this danger. Yeah, exactly, Robert. Thank you for, for sharing that. So the, the, the table fell over in exactly the way that this guy had predicted. And fortunately, I, I'm happy to report that the child wasn't seriously hurt, but but he could have been. He could have been hurt, right? And um, so then they're faced with this situation and imagine how it feels. Imagine how it feels for him at that point to have accurately predicted that this issue was going to happen, but then he's just gone along with it for an easy life. And then they've had a problem, yeah, which in this case could have been a much bigger problem. Yeah. Now, do you think at that point he's feeling good about himself. Yeah. Do you think he's feeling, you know, that he's done his job, you know, of looking after his family and his, his partner? How about his partner? How do you think she's feeling at this point? You know, could she, is she feeling safe and uh, supported by, by him? Yeah, so this is a great example of how, you know, we try to avoid a problem in the short term. So can you see how because his wife was super overexcited about this table, it was like, well, I don't want to really create a problem here, so <laughs> don't mind me, yeah, just get the table. But hang on, is this gonna cause a bigger issue in the longer term? And that's exactly what happened. So um, yeah, that's really what we're talking about with the nice guy. So there's nothing wrong with being nice to people, but it's when the thing that we're looking for is that degree of self-sabotage, yeah? So can you see how in this case, we've tried to avoid a problem, but actually created a bigger problem. This is really what we're getting at and what we're going to be exploring today. What happens in relationships when we have this, this thing going on. So this is the nice guy. And next thing I wanted to talk about were the social factors that lead to there being so many nice guys. You know, why is this such a thing today? I would say it's really an epidemic, you know, where we men don't show up in the right way. We're too passive in the way I've just described. And, you know, think about, you know, equality of opportunity has been a wonderful thing. You know, we've had the chance to expand our horizons. You know, the, the, the sexes have got a much more equal role in the workplace, although arguably not completely equal, but things have moved a long way, let's say over the last 50 years. And, um, and so we've had this equalization, you know, of opportunities. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the things that we've got the opportunity to do feel good for us to do. Yeah, so, for example, in the case of uh, like looking after young children, you know, there are some some people, you know, male or female that have, are absolutely in their element, you know, looking after young children, for example. And there's other people that struggle, you know, struggle that, you know, they're, they're happy to to help out, but it's not really their comfort zone, shall we say. Yeah, there are things that they feel more positive in doing compared to those things that society says that we should be doing. And what we then take is a, what we call a social idealism. 
a social idealism might say, for example, that you know, looking after the baby, it should be split 50-50 between mum and dad. Yeah, and, and that's fine, I'm not making that wrong. For some people, that could be absolutely the right solution. And for other people, it may not be. Yeah? It may be that, that a more unequal balance of, let's say, looking after a young baby could be the right solution for a giver in a given situation. It just depends. Um, but what we quite often do is take the social idealism and say that that needs to then apply to us. So this is uh, just one example. Another thing I wanted to say was about how generally the way we live nowadays solves some problems and also creates some problems. So we typically in our culture, you know, we've got mum and dad at home with the children and that's our family unit. And, you know, that's great. You know, we can obviously work together, look after the house. But it's worth just remembering that this is quite different from the way that humans have lived for many, many, many generations. You know, where it would have been much more, you know, the men together and the women together. Yeah, so it's like this is just a difference that we've got to acknowledge in the way that society is now, you know, where lots of... You know, young men, for example, they don't have the same opportunities or uh, because of the, the end of certain industries that, you know, that the young lads that would have previously been down the mine, let's say, maybe they're now working in a call centre, you know, with a, a woman here and a woman here. And it's just worth noticing the difference, you know, that that has, um, again, and maybe for some people that works amazing. That's exactly what feels good to them. And it's also true that we, by not having, for example, I'm just going to focus on the male side here, that by not having the company of men, you know, whether it's down the pit, whether it's in the army, whether it's in the field, whether it's in a factory, we don't get a chance to, to cultivate and strengthen that side of us that we just get by being in male company. Yeah, so it's just worth considering you know the impact of society in that respect also that i think in society that we have there's an undercurrent in society and i don't want to point the finger here at feminism because feminism has achieved wonderful things in terms of equalities of opportunities but when you look at our our culture the media film television our education system, there can sometimes be a sense that, that masculinity itself is toxic. Yeah, it's like the, the role models that we have or the times where we see masculinity coming to the fore is where it's causing a big problem. Let's say starting a war or maybe it's uh, creating, um, you know, social conflict, you know, football hooligans or something. You know, we, we have so many images in our society that could, if we're not careful, lead us to what I would call a lazy conclusion, which is to say that the masculinity itself is quite toxic. Yeah. And uh, this idea seeps into our minds as men and causes us to play very safe. So we say, that's right, I better not say anything that might rock the boat. Yeah. I better just keep quiet. That's right, let's make sure everything is equal and that, you know, that every... Um, everything is agreed by the consent of everybody for example you know we we try to be very egalitarian and nice and just trying to keep everyone happy 
really. It's like we lose our, our purpose and our purpose just becomes to then keep other people happy and not to offend anybody. Yeah. So what I wanted to say though is that there is an element, like, like, like so many things, there is a nugget of truth as well in that the hyper-masculinity can also be toxic. This is what we call the macho. So where we go too far towards the masculine, this is where we become very uncompromising and it's my way or the highway and we're unforgiving and you know we're elbowing people out of the way to get to where we want. This is the toxic element. So as I say, there is a nugget of truth in that hypothesis, but there is an opportunity. This is one of the areas that we really work in to identify that, that, that sweet spot of the masculine where we can still be the leader we can still have a purpose, we can make a decision, we can say what needs to be said, and in a loving, considerate way. Yeah, in a loving, considerate way. So just this, that sense of leadership doesn't necessarily have to be toxic. Yeah, so that's what I really wanted to um, touch on there. So this again, so the nice guy takes on this idea that yeah, masculinity is toxic. I don't want to hang around with these men. Oh, I don't want to start competing or, you know, doing anything that might be, um, you know, a, a, where there could be that tension, you know, so we play small. And this again is where the nice guy can be, can be born. And this really impacts on relationships, as we touched on at the beginning, that how we show up in the relationship has a big impact on our partner. Just like in the image, you know, if you, imagine that you're dancing with your partner isn't it true that the way that we dance affects the other person so if i show up you know extremely like aggressively into my dance is it possible that my partner could feel that she could sense that he or she could sense that um so it's almost like if you um it well i, I wonder whether anyone's done any latin dance whether you've actually experienced couples dancing and how it works, how this interaction goes. And um, well, what happens sometimes with a nice guy is that we, we end up not being ready to lead the dance. Yeah. So imagine ladies, if you know, you're in a club, let's say you're in a salsa dancing club and you get invited to the dance floor, your partner you know, makes a, an invitation and you arrive on the dance floor and the music's about to start and you're excited, you're ready to start dancing. And then he just stands there and looks a bit confused or bewildered or he's like, well, actually, do you know what? I don't really know what I'm doing here or I've got an idea of what I could do, but mm, not too sure. Maybe we'll just stand here and listen to the music. What could happen? Yeah, how is that going to feel, ladies, at that point? You know, are you going to feel like sticking around or are you going to be feeling embarrassed as hell and saying let me get out of here right now yeah, because this is what we do guys when we you know we're in our relationship and we're not ready to not ready to lead in that way it impacts on the relationship in fact if we ourselves guys are not ready to lead let's say we stand there who becomes the leader by default answers in the chat who becomes the leader if we ourselves are not ready to step up and lead or to to make something happen who in the relationship is going to have to make that thing happen and whether it's yeah exactly thanks valerie it's, whether it's a dance or whether it's um 
you know, organizing the dinner for tonight or where are we going on holiday or, you know, what do the kids need, you know, uh, clothes wise or whatever it is you're organizing. You know, if we don't, if we're not ready, this is where, again, where the nice guy gets into trouble because we're not ready to lead. Then our partner then becomes the leader. But the thing is that if where, um, yes, yeah, so that's the great question. Sometimes there's a competition for leading. This is a really great point. Thanks for the comments, Steve, there. So what's going to happen? Imagine you've got a dance. So the salsa works by having someone leading and someone willing to be led by their partner. So normally man and woman, but it could be the other way around as well. So you've got a leader and someone willing to be led. What would happen, guys, if we both try to lead at the same time? What's gonna happen if we're both trying to lead that dance simultaneously? How is it gonna look, guys? What, what's gonna happen? Yeah, exactly, it's gonna be uncomfortable. You're gonna have conflict, you're gonna butt heads, exactly, thanks guys. So, you know, this dynamic that we're talking about here is so critical to the relationship because what you're describing there, the conflict, if you imagine the two people, let's say, wrestling each other as they're trying to, they're trying to lead the dance, imagine if that was your relationship. Imagine if that was your relationship. And isn't it true that no matter what the topic of conversation is for the day, it's always going to be a conflict. It's always going to be a conflict, whether it's about which supermarket we're going to or, you know, which set of relatives we're going to see at Christmas. For as long as we're both trying to lead the dance at the same time, we've got a problem on our hands. Yeah. Thanks for the question. There. It's a really great example of why this dynamic that we're talking about is so, so critical. Um, so, yeah, and just coming back to the, the situation where imagine if, for example, let's say that I'm not leading and as I think Valerie said, you know, by, my partner then becomes the leader. The thing is that if my partner is naturally more feminine, let's say my partner likes to be led, but actually because I'm not leading, she then has to lead. Well, what do you think, guys? Are we going to see the best or worst in our partner? if she's acting in a more masculine way or if she's in a more feminine sort of state. What do you think, guys? When are, how are we going to see the best of our partner? Yeah. What could happen if we, if she finds herself in a state that she's not comfortable in? Yeah. Because we're not showing up. Yeah? What do you think? So this is why, you know, this is something we look at much more in our work. There's a number of different ways this dynamic can break down, but it's so critical to get this right. You just can't avoid this when we come to relationships. So I wanted to touch briefly here on vulnerability as well, because, you know, vulnerability is something again in our culture that we like to say, well, guys, you need to be vulnerable. And again, there is some truth in that. There is a nugget of truth because, you know, if we're not at least emotionally open, then is it possible that our partner, particularly if she's more emotional, will find it difficult to connect with us? Yeah, so it's like there's a level of vulnerability which is going to enable us to connect on a much deeper level with somebody. But how about if it if we overdo this? You know, what if we if this sort of emotionality comes through too much? Yeah, uh, we did a um, a video actually on Instagram the other day, which I was just going to. Uh, mention where it was a valentine's day situation so we did a fun like uh, role play that you can look up on our instagram if you want to see this but what we did was a um i gave rebecca a valentine's card 
and she was happy with it and, she, and I said well where's my card and it turned out that she hadn't got me a card so what do I do at this point could this be a crisis it's like my god how am I going to recover from not having my valentine's card and in this example I did the sort of the vulnerability piece of oh my god I can't believe you would do this to me oh my god this is like the end of the world you know valentine's day is such a special day for me and um oh my god I just can't believe it oh no 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 I'm just so hurt by this I don't know what I'm, I don't know how I'm ever going to recover myself from not getting my valentine's card so I was exaggerating here a bit to make the point but can you see well ladies what do you think does that is that an attractive look for a guy you know if we're being very vulnerable in that way I would say needy yeah, and we're sort of relying on our partner for that emotional support i.e the fact that she hasn't got me a card yeah so this again is where the nice guy sort of takes on the bit about emotionality and says okay that's right I need to be a modern man I'm going to be very vulnerable and emotional but again we can have a bit too much of a good thing so you know as the nice guy we just need to be be beware of that and make sure that we don't overplay our hand in that respect uh, and how we develop that is another thing that we can come on to really because um, it's not possible just to turn a switch on this one we do need to work on ourselves cultivate this quality of resilience really I would put this under yeah emotional resilience really really important um, so that we don't then become a, a wreck you know at the first sign of a, of a challenge so uh, that was um, vulnerability um, and as I mentioned earlier you know the example of the table was a nice example of this what we need to do guys is to look for opportunities to take the lead in in a loving considerate way I should say so can you see how with the dancing example it's not a question of like dragging our partner you know by the arm onto the dance floor marching onto the dance floor that would be one way of leading but that's more like the macho you know where we're forcing people so we don't need to force anyone against their will but we do need to be ready to take the lead and so this is what um, I'd like to, like to have a think about this is what we're going to talk about in the next the next segment um, because yeah if we don't have if we don't if we don't identify and take those opportunities to lead we then almost become the nice guy by default yeah I want to just give an example of what I mean by that and how it feels quite different once we start taking the lead in that way so a client this really com comes under the banner of purpose so having a purpose strength of purpose clarity of purpose and this is such a great um, starting point for us recovering nice guys to get back into our positive masculinity yeah so what do I mean by opportunities to lead well I'll give you an example so a client was saying how when he was younger he was really into rugby in fact he played quite seriously and he always had the idea that when he was older he would get into coaching coaching young children in rugby as a way of giving back you know because rugby had well in his words saved his life when he was younger uh, by giving him that sort of discipline and focus and so on so he thought well I'd love to support other young people you know as they're making their way into into rugby that was his thing but you know life gets in the way we get busy we have our family and you know we just don't get around to things sometimes that are important to us and this is what had happened to him so you know he'd wanted to do the rugby thing but it just never happened because of busyness and everything else so 
he messaged me the following week and said, hey, do you know what? I started to research this rugby business, you know, getting his coaching badges and talking to some friends that are currently doing coaching, maybe get in contact with some clubs that are looking for people to go and help out. And well, what do you think, guys? How do you think he's feeling by this point? You know, a week later when he's not only thinking about this, but he's actually taking action towards the thing that really means something to him. Yeah, imagine the difference in the spring in his step, you know, as he starts to put this into place. Yeah, so one of the bits of work is, you know, to identify what those values are for us that we can start moving towards. Because once we do that, this again is a great antidote to the nice guy. Yeah, because we, we feel that sense of energy. It's like we become one of those people that when they walk into the room, people notice, you know, people stop and say, wow, this, this is someone who's got something about them. Yeah, they're going places. They've got, they've got that vision. They've got a purpose about them, whatever that may be. You know, for him, it was rugby. For you, it'll be something else. But wouldn't it be a great, um, wouldn't it be a great starting point to really identify and then starting to move towards those things that really matter? Yeah, and this is something, again, we look at on our program where we look at our values and make sure that we're following things that are really important to us. So uh, that's what I really want to say about leadership. Yeah, leadership is a great antidote here. And I just wanted to touch on attraction, you know, here where, you know, if we're, again, the nice guy tends to be overly needy and overly emotional, can even be a bit clingy. And just want to give an example of what this can look like. And this is a, a, an example from the world of dating. Yeah? So many of our clients tend to be in longer term relationships, but we do have some as well where they're looking for a partner. And in this situation, the woman had a couple of guys that were interested in her. So, you know, let's say, uh, well, let's make up some names. Let's say it's Alex and Bob. Yeah. So Alex and Bob were, you know, messaging her on different apps and, you know, she was engaging with them. She liked them, you know, having these different conversations. Isn't that a typical sign of the times? You know, we've got in the dating world message. We can be in messages with so many people if we choose to be in, choose to do so. And what happened is that um, the first person, let's call him Alex, was very keen. Yeah, he was very keen and he, you know, he was immediately making himself available to to hang out. You know, he was like saying, well, you know, how quickly can we get together? And then they did meet and he wanted to meet something the following week. And he was very insistent, persistent. You know, he really was really um, making himself very available, let's say. And the other one, let's call him Bob was being a little bit more difficult to pin down. Yeah? So they had some messages, but you know, he was a bit busy. He had a lot of things going on in his life. You know, let's say he's making important things happen in the world. And so it was a bit more difficult to, to, to get hold of Bob. Yeah? And then what happened then one weekend is that the lady had had a meeting to go and have a drink with Alex and you know, this was maybe their third meeting by this point. But then all of a sudden, Bob shows up out of nowhere and he's free on the Friday evening. So Bob has been a bit more difficult to pin down. He's got things going on. He's, he's doing important stuff in the world. He's not hanging on her every word. 
who can guess in the chat what she did at this point? So she's already got a conversation or a meeting with Alex, but then all of a sudden, Bob is available on that Friday evening. Can you guess what she did at that point? What do you think she did in terms of the appointment that she'd already made with Alex now that she knows that Bob is available and he wants to hang out? Any guesses what, what she may have done at this point, how she might have reorganised her time, what she may have done in order to accommodate Bob to be able to meet him? What do you think, guys? Exactly, Robert, you got it. She changed. So she made an excuse for Alex. <laughs> Sorry, Alex, something's come up. You know, um, let's rearrange for next week because you, you're always available, aren't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm always available. Just let me know when it's fine, no worries. Oh, that's good, I thought so. Okay, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining us. And please remember to subscribe and to leave us a review. Who could you share this episode with that needs to hear this message? Share this episode and remember that the quality of your relationship determines the quality of your life. See you on the next episode.